0: No days off! No days off! No days off! No days off! This is the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest ball with andy hart all right good to be with you all right you this microphone week. put up a little less fight than the one last night <laughs> and ryan hannibal
1: what's your name again <laughs> hannibal Hannibal. hannibal.
0: hannibal. Oh, Comer on weei.com
1: podcast uh, draft special we're gonna look into the wide receivers and tight ends a pretty good wide receiver class not so great tight end class let's start with the wide receivers um Andy, I guess you've been digging in on this for the last couple of months. People have said it's a historic class. Would you agree with that assessment? Uh,
0: I'm always hesitant to say historic. I think it's really good. I think it's really deep. I think there are a lot of um, contributors in the class. But to me, to be historic, you need some of the guys up top to be historic. You need, you know, Judy or Ruggs or one of those guys, C.D. Lamb, to be like a – or I guess it doesn't have to be those guys, but you need some guys that are like Hall of Famers, like elite, right. you know, team of the decade type players to year in, year out. And we'll see if that comes to fruition. But I do think, you know, there, there's a lot of guys. Now, it's funny because last year wasn't supposed to be necessarily the greatest year. And there were obviously a lot of guys that came in and had an instant impact. Yep. So this year is being hyped up as, you know, I put the Mike Mayock thing in the post I just did on wide receivers for WEI.com where he said, there's basically twice as many guys with grades to go in the top three rounds as there is in an average year. It's usually around 12. Now yep. it's over 25. And so that's, you know, that certainly shows the depth of it. Now, how good you think Judy or lamb or rugs or whoever really is to me, that'll be the marquee thing. Cause if you just get a bunch of, you know, second and third receivers that that's not really historic to me, that's good depth and that's great and all, right. but, you need some superstars to come out of this draft. You need DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, Calvin Johnson, you yep. know, some of those types of guys out of this class. But I do think it's very good. And I do think the fact that it's very good um, on a general level makes it interesting to see whether teams don't draft it as high because they don't feel the need to go after a guy early when there are right. guys in the second, third, fourth rounds. And then you tie it into the Patriots' perspective where – they took Nikhil Harry a year ago in the first round, first time in the first round under Belichick. Obviously didn't have a very good rookie season, was hurt, was inconsistent, you know, really didn't do a whole hell of a lot, save for a couple one-off plays that people can – Sort you know, of like
1: uh, gimmick plays in a way too, not like a typical wide receiver go down the field and make a catch.
0: Right. So, you know, you're hoping for a year two jump, but will you even know because of the issue at the quarterback position if he makes a year or two jump? Um, so it's it's clearly still a position of need for the Patriots, significant need, I would say, because regardless of what you think of Harry, even if you think he's going to become worthy of a first round pick outside, you still have the slot position for Julian Edelman yep. where it's it's coming to an end, whether it's this year, next year, it's coming to an end. And after that, you got no you got
1: no Mohammed Sanu, uh Andy Myers, you know, uh Donner Oseski, uh Demir Bird. Yeah, you don't really have anything you can
0: lean on. Like, I would pretty much shut the door on Sanu between the injury and the inability to fit in. He's an aging guy. There's no long-term... Well, even value. though uh, they can save money by cutting him. If they yeah, can. I don't think they can cut him because he's hurt. I think that's right. going to become the issue there. But I just mean, long-term, I just don't see any value in him because, you know, by the time he's healthy and good and, re- like, his contract's up and then you move yeah. on. So I think wide receiver is still a major position of need it wouldn't stun me if they went a couple receivers, maybe like a third round pick and then a sixth or a seventh round pick, try to double up, um, you know, just looking at it. And I, and I kind of wrote this, I feel like they could target more of the slot like um, KJ Hamler, the kid out of Penn state, who's a speedy slot guy. I mean, obviously rugs would be an intriguing guy, but he's out just of there. Gone, price range. Yeah. Um, you know, slot type guys, because it, it, I mean, if you paired say Hamler with, Hopefully you get Harry. Okay, now you're starting to put together big outside okay. possession guy, a speedy yeah. guy slot. So, But I definitely think it's a, it's a major position of need. And, you know, given all the bodies, they're going to take at least one and probably multiples over the course of the draft.
1: Would, um, would you take a receiver at number
0: 23? Um, probably not, depending on – I mean – Like if
1: it, there's a guy that they, you know, t- uh, had as like a, you know, number 10 pick and he's still available at 23 – I think you kind of have to take them. Yeah.
0: If Judy or Lamb were there, I think those are two elite guys in this draft. I would- they probably won't be, though. No, they're not going to be. And then Ruggs, to me, would be a consideration at 23 if he's there. What about Justin Jefferson? See, I think he's overrated. I think he's the epitome of you can get him in the second round, he'll be a good receiver, not a great receiver. I don't think he's as good as his production, put up huge numbers, led the country with like 100 and whatever, 20 catches or 15 right. catches. Um, You know, I think him, Burrow, the Joe Brady offense, that came together nicely. I just don't see his – I don't see him as having elite overall skills, but I'll take him as my number two receiver if he's not a true number one. Um, I think he's a good player, but I wouldn't take him at 23 given – all the other needs that the team has and given the likelihood that there's talent on the board at other spots.
1: If they do value the receiver position, I could see a scenario where they trade back. Like if they trade 23 back to pick up a a two and maybe a three and then take a receiver at the second round spot, maybe that's the route to go. But then they have other needs on the roster too that maybe you want to use in the first round.
0: Yeah. And we're going to get into tight end in the back end of this podcast, but certainly – that's a major need too. And then you start moving around and where do you get the, you know, do you want the fourth best receiver or the first tight end, even though if that's the second round, it's not a great class. So yeah, the, the value there, but I, I I wouldn't, I don't think, I mean, one of those top two guys, three guys, I'd probably take rugs ever since I saw that basketball video of him in high school. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That,
0: That wowed me as much as anything he's done on the football field. And I think he's just an explosive athlete. And He is that, you know, speed-based kind of athlete, slot guy, move him around, do different things, pair him up with Harry again and, you know, maybe get a tight end in the third round, late second, whatever. Maybe you're starting to put together an offense for whoever the quarterback is, whether it's Stidham or – Brian Hoyer. Yeah, whoever it ends up being. Um, But otherwise, I think you can get depth. You know, like everybody's talked about Van Jefferson, the kid out of Florida who – Is another tier down and has a foot injury, so that kind of muddies the water on his value. But as a route runner, the kind of guy they probably would love, runs precision routes, can get off the line, that kind of stuff. Not an elite athlete, um, but a potential mid-round guy that you would be, I guess, happy to put in your offense. Um, Although I would be – you know, it seems like forever we've talked about when they had and when they didn't have it, and it ebbed and flowed like, Guys that can win one-on-one matchups, guys with speed or whatever. Yep. And if you have, like, okay, you have Van Jefferson. He's a good route runner. That's great. And then you have Nikhil Harry, and, you know, he can win contested catches. Do you have anybody that's just a better athlete than the other side of the ball from them? Would be my concern if you go down that route. Um, right. Same thing with uh, LaVisca Chenault, the kid out of Colorado, another injury guy um, who I like. He's, <laughs> he looks like a running back more than a wide receiver, especially when he runs with the football. Big, six, powerful guy. Six two
1: two twenty.
0: Yeah, big, powerful guy. He um, ran the ran the Wildcat for them. Had rushing touchdowns. Ran it quite a bit. Interesting athlete, you know. In in this day and age of you know, Tyreek Hill and Debo Samuel, and even the way they use Nikhil Harry a little bit here, yeah, last year. You know, not just asking guys to just flat out line up at receiver, run down the field, run a route, catch the ball. Um, Chenault's an intriguing guy, but then again, the injuries. He's a guy that certainly fits the like character like if you're trying to build a culture locker room kind of guy right certainly fits that so he's an interesting guy but i mean there's really you know this is beauty in the eye of the beholder like there's some guys the the kid that replaced harry at arizona state yep i like to say a yuck but i don't know yep um he
1: he's having surgery i think i saw oh he's having surgery too yeah, because I think it was Mike Garofolo of the NFL Network said that because OTAs would likely be canceled, he was going to have the surgery. I can look up exactly what it is right now, but, but he's another guy. But maybe that's you know could be a value pick. He's he's underwent core muscle surgery today, dealing with it for a few months. Ran a 4.5 combine. Decided to fix it now with no OTAs in sight. So Does that's that another mean? guy that you know could fall because of the injury concerns.
0: And I think Chenault has that same injury. I think he has a core muscle thing. Um, so there's a bunch of these guys that are injured, which only where you take them even more, does that bump them down a round? Does that hurt their value? Does it hurt? Are they ready as a rookie? Then you mix in, they're coming off an injury, and they are going to be delayed getting the playbook and getting into the right. passing game. No OTAs, whatever, no mini camp. Um, So there's a lot of questions here, and we know that the wide receiver position is always, arguably, other than quarterback, maybe the toughest, transitional period where you see guys that don't have an instant impact guys that are set back and new offenses and all of those types of things so if I had to bet I would say the Patriots don't go early don't go 23 I think this is more of a third round compensatory pick area where you yep. get the best guy left on the board there
1: because you can probably find a guy at that spot that would normal in normal years be you know a second round guy maybe even higher than that for if a guy slips just because the position is so deep and there's a number of guys that are so talented. So you're right. And in terms of the way that the Patriots think and do things, I don't think that they look at it as this is the year to take a guy in the first round, unless like you, like I said before, it's a guy they have on graded higher than maybe everybody else does in the league. And he slips to them at 23, then maybe they, they do it. But yeah, it's, it's probably best to take these two guys in the middle and then later rounds and then, you know, hope one or both of them pan out nicely. And then one guy I just
0: um, did a little follow-up work on because I had been seeing him in a lot of mid-round mocks to the Patriots is uh, K.J. Hill out of Ohio State. Um, Ohio State's leading uh, receiver all-time. He was there for like five years, all-time receptions leader, broke David Boston's record. Um, A slot guy, sort of uh, underwhelming athletically, just kind of a Joe Average slot guy and I mean, I could see him as a Patriot in terms of late round pick, but he's certainly, in my opinion, not the answer to the slot position, not the next Edelman, not nearly as athletic from what I saw as Edelman. You know, has a nice highlight catches, a one handed catch here, or, you know, slot, slides past a the guy there, but I didn't see any elite athleticism or ability to get open. Um, Denzel Mims, the kid out of Baylor, I've seen at times sort of tied to the Patriots. He's a bigger. You know that bully slot type thing that's come into play in recent years. A possession guy, um, not really all that, not really all that high on him. Kind of reminded me of Nikhil Harry. Wasn't a lot of quickness. Yeah, maybe he can win some contested catches, but why is he is always contested catches? So right. Um, and then you're you're the expert. Um, wanted to make sure we chime in. We're in Boston. We're in New England, and oh yeah, the the hub of football receivers and hotbed of you know, NFL playmakers is URI. What are your thoughts on the two URI kids that were at the combine?
1: Well, there was, uh, there's two of them. They're actually cousins, Aaron Parker and Isaiah Kutler. I think that's how you say his name. Uh, He's a, he's a junior. Parker's the senior. Uh, Kutler's the better athlete. um, But just talking to him at the combine, I don't think he's uh, ready for the, the big lights in the NFL. I don't, I don't think he fully understands, you know, what, I don't think he's mature. I think he has some maturing to do. And Parker, who's his cousin, they're not trained together, which I thought was a little bit odd. Um, you know, if they are cousins going off in the NFL draft, you probably are trained together. But I think maybe Parker realizes that he might be better off getting away from his cousin. Um, Cooler, he, I think the – I forgot the exact question, the combine, but he said he was surprised that uh, he spent hours at the hospital getting MRIs and physicals. He thought that was he, – he didn't expect that to happen. Um, So that was sort of a red flag for me. But, I mean, URI had three guys in the combine, and two of them being wide receivers. So that's that's more than any other New England school could say. And so I guess it's good for the URI program, and they could get a guy drafted for the first time, I think, since the 80s.
0: Yeah. See, those guys are interesting to me just that in this year, my guess is guys like that go undrafted. Right. Um, Because there are so many receivers, you know, maybe – Teams haven't got quite as much information on them as they wanted. Yeah,
1: they're at disadvantage coming from a small school for sure.
0: Right. So, and the way you describe him, you know, maybe he's a guy that bounces around, you know, gets a training camp, gets on a practice squad, matures a little bit, learns the business, maybe has the physical tools. And in a couple of years, he pops up as a surprise playmaker for somebody or could be out of the league in a year.
1: Yeah, and I just was going through the the draft networks ratings of these receivers, and those guys were in the thirties of their you know how they rank wide receivers, and the, those guys probably aren't going to get drafted. They're probably going to be un, undrafted free agents. Maybe someone takes a flyer in the later rounds, but they're not going to get drafted. You know, in the middle middle rounds, no no question about it.
0: And that'll be an interesting thing that at any position, in, late in the draft, how when teams are taking flyers, do they just sort of err on the side of a big school kid or? Do they err on the side of a guy they don't really know anything about from a smaller school? Maybe they didn't get as much information on, didn't have one of those local visits or top 30 visits. So um, maybe, I don't know whether that helps or hurts those guys in some ways. So, you know, right. that'll be something to keep an eye on. But overall, I think Patriots will draft a receiver. My guess is they have a dozen picks. They'll actually draft two receivers. My guess is it's not in the first round. And my guess is, who am I going to take? Who you like? Well, KJ Hamler. I think KJ Hamler would be the perfect pick.
1: So that would probably be a, a third round. you think he falls that much? Um, I don't know. I'm just okay. You might have to trade up a little bit to get him into the late – I don't
0: know how it would play out, but he's a guy – because he can return kicks and punts, he's speedy, playmaker, slot. To yep. me, he just makes a lot of sense. You know, I'm not going to overdraft him. I'm not going to take him in the first round or trade right. right up early in the second. But anything after that, I think he'd be a nice fit, especially if I pair him up somehow, some way with a tight end I like.
1: My guy, I know Belichick kind of shies away from the Clemson's guys, but T. Higgins, I, I like his game. Um, I think he could fit. He's probably not a guy you take in the first round, but like you said before, maybe they could trade up in the second, trade back, f- find a way to get somebody in the second round that has first round value.
0: Yeah, I think T. Higgins is like in that area of those guys. Like, is this a historic class where there's a ton of receivers taken in the first round? Because I think he could be a late first round pick yep. or then into the, you know, Justin Jefferson, I think, is right. in that same spot. Are they picked in the 20s or are they picked in the 30s? I think they go somewhere between, you know, 23, let's say, and 43. Right. Um, he, yeah, I like him. I think he's a good all-around player. Like the one thing I said about him, just watching him more on tape, because everybody knows him, they've seen him play. Right. Like when I'm taking a first-round receiver, I want something to be elite, whether it's the quickness, the yeah. speed, the like. And I, I feel like he is good, but not good, great. Good, yeah. But, like, what's his one thing? And I don't know that he has that, but I'll tell you, if they drafted him, that would add excitement for me to the offense immediately that would in, add intrigue. Like, okay, so you got a young quarterback. you got a couple of young receivers. Let's, they we're might not be on. good. Let's see where we're going to go here,
1: though. It might be fun. Right. Okay, All right, so. let's, shift, let's shift to tight ends. Um, this is clearly a big need for the team, probably the biggest need on the entire roster, and there's no question about it they're going to draft a tight end. Like, I don't think they can walk away from this draft not taking one. The, right. bad side, the bad thing for them is this isn't a great class at all. I don't, I don't think anybody has – there's not many guys projected to be first-rounders. I don't think most mock drafts have any tight ends going in the first round. So it's uh, not a great year to need a tight end. But what are your – who's your – what are your top guys? What are your, your thoughts on the position?
0: Uh, it's not a good year. There are no – you know, last year you had Noah Font and uh, Hawkinson go I mean, in the top 20, two first-round Iowa tight ends. Um, Hawkinson went to Detroit, obviously Patriots North at eight overall. I think it was a top 10 pick. Yeah. I Loved him. Um, I think he was the best all around tight end prospect since Gronk to enter the draft. I know he got banged up, I think late in the year, had an okay rookie year. We'll see where he goes. To me, there is no one anywhere near nope. what he, um, I agree with the consensus. I think that Notre Dame's Cole Komet is the best, but, but- I don't. It's the best in a bad class. Yeah, I don't really know what that means that he's the best. Does that mean he's – I think I saw Daniel Jeremiah had him at like 40, right around 40 in his top 50. So a mid-second-round pick. uh,
1: Draft Network has him at 69.
0: Yeah, so maybe not even a mid-second-round pick. They don't even – you know, I actually think I like Troutman better, the kid out of Dayton who's been a late riser because Dayton is not a – it's a non-scholarship. They haven't had a player drafted since the 70s um he went to the senior bowl opened some eyes I think he has the chance to be the best tight end in the draft now I wouldn't feel great about it coming from Dayton and saying he's going to make I mean we have one of these every few years the kid there's been trade rumors that the Patriots might go after uh the Bears kid Shaheen Adam Shaheen who ended up being a high pick and hasn't really turned into what I guess the Bears wanted him to be um but I like Troutman 6'6 250 in that range um Stood out. Everybody said he had a great Senior Bowl week, one of the great risers of the Senior Bowl. Um, I liked his hands from what I saw on tape. I liked the run after catch. Like, he's not a super athlete. But you know what? Gronk was not like a 4'3", no. 40 guy. You don't have to be a tight end. You get a lot of linebackers and safeties. If you can just beat a guy by a step and use your length at six that he has. Um, so, if you asked me, if there was a tight end I was going to take first, it would be Troutman. It would not be Cole Clement. He's had some – um injury 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 issues. I mean, I like that he's an athlete. He's a former pitcher. He pitched at Notre Dame, I think, as a freshman. Um, had okay production. I know um our friend Phil Perry over NBC Sports has been sort of comparing him to Kyle Rudolph, another Notre Dame tight end. Um, and if he has Kyle Rudolph's career, if that's what he is, that that's a solid tight end. That's a good tight end. It's not great. Right. Never the best tight end in the or game. you
1: don't regret making that pick.
0: No, if you add Kyle Rudolph to your offense as the Patriots. Okay. That's a step in the right direction to getting back to sort of spreading the field and having options for your quarterback. Would you just, agree
1: that you have to take a tight end in the first three rounds? Um, Probably.
0: Yeah. I don't, I, I can't imagine you just say we need a tight end and we're going to be happy with this fourth round pick after everybody else took the first three or four best tight ends on the board. We got the fifth best tight end in a draft. Right. Yeah. So I, I think they need to get one of the best tight ends in the draft. And we talked about this before. They have a small draft board. They look at things differently. You know, I don't know how – you know, they may have three draftable tight ends overall, four draftable tight ends overall. Right. Go get one of them in the second round. And maybe you overdraft them a little bit. If you think – like, I think Cole Komet Clement, Clement is going to get overdrafted. But if you need it, you need it. Like, right. sometimes you have to – you know, it's like – I was talking to somebody like convenience stores. Like, you pay more at a convenience store because you – need it basically you're on your way home you forgot to stop at the grocery store you don't have time to go to the grocery store so the milk is 350 instead of 299 you pay that convenience fee well you need a tight end so you might need to pay the convenience fee to get a tight end in the second round and maybe overdraft him a little bit and i know they don't have a pick there right now but i'm guessing they'll maneuver and for sure whether it's veteran trades or just draft pick trades they'll maneuver a little bit um but again if i were going to do that i think troutman would be the guy i'd take now in saying that, I mean, I think you have to give the guy a little bit of um, time for growth, too. That put a lot of pressure on him yeah, to come, he's not in as, come
1: in and catch, you know, 100 passes for you year one.
0: Right. And, and, you know, maybe he'll be an impact guy, but maybe he's not even really ready to start. Maybe he's not even really ready to contribute right out of the gates coming from Dayton to New England. So,
1: I was surprised they didn't go after a tight end free agency, especially one of the top ones, and maybe overpay there and pair him up with a younger guy. Because now you're looking at – you don't really know what you're going to get from anybody at the position. That's why, as
0: much as I say they need to draft one, and I think they will, I think there's still a trade coming. My guess is they trade for a tight end, whether it's Shaheen or um, one of the tight ends in Tampa. I, I don't know where. Like, I they we we had heard the rumors or whatever it was on Hayden Hurst. Yeah. Um,
1: they were injured in Howard last year, the trade deadline.
0: Yeah, and well, – I still think there's a tight end somewhere coming via trade. I think there has to be. And then you add, and that kind of covers you. Maybe you even hope that Matt LaCosse in year two is healthy and can be a little bit more upside or Ryan Izzo and right. four guys together. And if you get two that can contribute. I mean, again, we need to reassess what we're talking about. You're not having gronk production. Yeah, you're, you're not, not going
1: to get – there's no gronk. There's no Aaron Hernandez. This is kind But of, it needs
0: to be better than it was last year. It needs to be
1: – Better than – the well – Anything they get this year is probably better because they were the last in the league last year.
0: Right. So it has to be better than that. It doesn't have to come in one package. It doesn't have to be just Troutman or Komet right. or Shaheen or any draft. You know, it could come with a couple guys. I mean, they pieced it. Everybody started last year. Watson, Lacoste, Izzo. They were all starters at various right. points, but they need to find a way to
1: make it better. Um, what do you think of Randy Moss's uh, son, Thaddeus? I think he's a Jag personally. I, I just. But he's probably a guy that, because of his, his family, he's going to get overdrafted.
0: Right, except for the injury maybe now that hurts him. He had a foot issue. Um, to me, he's like a third tight end in the NFL.
1: Well, he wasn't even, like, talked about until, like, the last, you know, month of the season when he was playing in those big games and caught, you know, big touchdowns on the, in the big games. Because before that, he really wasn't a guy that people were talking about.
0: Right. And he put up decent numbers. I think he had, like, 40 catches, 40-something catches. Um in that offense, which is was was, like, that
1: offense, yeah, right.
0: I mean, that's with Justin Jefferson and Joe Burrow and Edwards Alaire and and all those weapons. You're gonna have some time where you're the guy that everyone says, "I don't care about you. You're not gonna beat me. I'll let you catch the ball." Um, and I think that's what he is. I really don't have much interest in him because, to me, if you had good tight ends, he's the guy you draft to be like a third guy, just a complementary weapon. Right. I think you need to draft guys with upside, and I don't think he has any upside. Whereas if you take like the The Harrison Bryant kid out of Florida Atlantic, the Mackey Award winner. I think there's some upside there. I'm not saying he's going to be a good NFL tight end. He may stink. But I think there's some athletic upside, some production upside. To me, with Moss, there's no real upside. He's a backup JAG tight end. So I would rather swing and miss than swing and have like a swinging infield hit with Moss.
1: Right. Uh, That Missouri tight end, Albert O with the really long last name. He tested really well at the combine, ran a good 40 time.
0: Yeah. He's been a late riser because of that. He's sort of, you know, even though people think Belichick just takes the best player and doesn't fall in love with numbers, he actually has. And at the tight end position he has over the years, Ben Watson was a classic example of that in the first round back in the day. Um, He's a guy. Yeah. I would take a chance on him just because a
1: a middle round, third, fourth guy,
0: he might be rising a little bit, but yeah, if you can get him in there um, just based on athletic ability alone, I would swing for the fences. And again, I might strike out or pop out to shortstop, but, um, I think you have to try to find a guy. And if the veteran market isn't really an opportunity to do that, then yeah, take a swing at him. Um, Back to Albert O, I I transcribed him at the combine. Good, good guy. Good person. Oh, perfect. I'll take him. <laughs> Could use a good quote. Um, <laughs> looking at some of the other guys, the the Hunter Bryant kid out of Washington is fine. Pass catcher, a little undersized. And again, I don't, he's sort of in the Moss category where I don't yeah. see him having a ton of upside um, might be able to catch a little bit, but I, I don't love anybody. I mean, no. I think I've talked myself into Troutman more than anything else.
1: Probably because a year, it's a think, need of the Patriots. You kind of need to have a guy at that position. Yeah. Yeah. So like I if think this was, if, if they had Gronk still on the roster, this would be a year to skip over the tight end position.
0: Yes. Or just take a chance on a late one, but not right. really focused, but, They don't. And they need something out of that. I mean, they have no consistency at either wide receiver or tight end. So I think there's reason to believe or hope that Harry is your injection of whatever life into the wide receiver position. I don't know what you're trying to sell yourself on at tight end. If you don't get a tight end in this draft and give yourself a little bit of hope. So, but you know, also it matters, you know, we talk about it. We talked about it with wide receiver, like which one of these guys do you think could come in and play like, could learn the offense and be ready to play with limited offseason, whatever, and making the transition. And you're asking him to block more than he probably blocked in college because there's not a lot of blockers right. in this class. Um, so you're asking him to learn that on the fly. So there's a lot of questions about the position both in New England and in the draft, and that's not ideal. So is, is Troutman your guy? Troutman's my guy. I want Troutman. If they if they take Troutman, I will be excited on April 24th. Now, I may not be excited by the time September 24th comes around. I may watch him in camp or in a couple of games and say, "He's really not." And that also,
1: good. like you said, too, you might just not be ready. Coming from Dayton, you might need a year to kind of right life, get big, get you know, work and everything.
0: Former high school quarterback. I like that that he's you know made that transition. You always hear you know the smart guys that transition to tight end from quarterback. We had what was it AJ Derby a few years yep. ago, the guy they took. So you know, there's reasons to like him, but. As I said, there's no reason to like him very early, and there's no reason to feel great about him.
1: Uh, any other thoughts on this position? or uh, Not deep, telling like You have to go deep to try to find Not plan. deep. It's not top-heavy. It just kind of meh is what it is. I guess, so, I don't know. Do you think that they regret, in a way, not taking a guy last year? I, mean, I think Hawkinson they love, but obviously you weren't going to get him.
0: Right. No, 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 a fan. Where do
1: you Noah remember, Noah Fant- so. he go? Like twenty-three or like in the low 20s, 20, Denver. Twenty, yeah. To Denver, um,
0: you know the kid who went to—I'm drawing a blank now—the kid that went to the Vikings that everybody thought from Alabama.
1: Oh, was gonna, um, Smith, Herb Smith.
0: Herb Smith. Maybe they regret not taking him, but I, I wouldn't if I were them. I don't think it was great value. Although they didn't get great value out of Nikhil Harry either, so right. Um, it, it's it's unfortunate they've swung and missed at the cheap. Uh, additions through, like, free agency, whether it was Watson or Lacoste. They've swung and missed on developmental late, late, late Austin, round.
1: Watson, and Jenkins last year? That didn't work Yeah,
0: out. so it just – the last couple of years, it hasn't – they've missed on, if you thought they could get Jared Cook in contract-wise. They've just missed on pretty much everything they've tried to throw at the the tight end position. And, uh, you know, the one thing I've noticed is, you know, sort of like people say, well, well you know, you got Brady in the sixth round, you know, sometimes franchise quarterback, whatever – a lot of people are now saying, well, George Kittle went in the fifth round, so you can get the best tight end in football. and develop, Yeah, and how that happens once in how
1: many? Right, like, 20 years, twice in 20 years, twice right. in you can, 15 years. You can win
0: the lottery, too, like, right. but it's not realistic. That's not a way to plan to feed your family and just say, oh, I'm going to win the lottery like the guy did in you know, North Carolina. No, right. I think you should probably have a better plan than just I'm going to win the lottery. So, yeah, my plan would be Troutman, cross my fingers, hope, and I don't know, cry about it later.
1: All right, so that wraps up this one. We'll have a Patriot podcast uh, talking a little bit about things that have happened over the last week or so. Not a totally big newsy week, but we can get into ways that can free up some cap space, maybe some veteran trades. Um, talk about Tom Brady's Players' Tribune piece in which
0: sure. he, thought he somewhat honestly assessed uh, his situation and why he left and what he is getting in Tampa Bay and didn't have in New England. It was also presented by Under Armour. Oh, of course it was. Everything he does is presented by Under Armour.
1: I, I didn't like that. We get more into it tomorrow but, or whenever we do this, but I, 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 didn't, I didn't care for it. How many other players would their Players' Tribune stories have had at the top presented by Adidas or presented by Nike? And it was the, the headline and the quotes in it were like the actual ad
0: campaign slogan. Through right. or whatever. You gotta right. push through or tougher through or whatever the hell his stupid Under Armour slogan is. Yeah, he's a walking billboard. He has sold his life. He is a
1: sellout. We'll get into that later in the week. Uh, Thanks for listening. Hope everybody's uh, finding ways to stay positive through these times, but maybe this podcast is your little outlier and your uh, little patriot fix during these rough times. I'm somewhat positive that's not the case, but thanks for listening. Peace out.
0: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.